So we heard a little bit last night about the efficacy of, of, of Nam Kirtan. This is a Leela Kirtan, and then there's another kind of a Kirtan. And I was reminded today by Kamalini of something. You want to stand up and sell a book for me? It'd be my expansion. I need to sell a book today. It's the 42nd anniversary so I, I got to sell a book today. I'm trying to sell it through my expansion, Kamalini. So they're over, they're over there after the program. If anybody buys one, I'll live up to my name. I am my reputation. Given by Prabhupada. Sheila Prabhupada Ki Jai. I don't know. Was the letter written personally? Oh, Prabhupada wrote me, wrote, uh, me the I think he wrote me the letter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently. Apparently. Mahari? Well, there's a nice um, conversation that my husband and I was into. Time probably was very enthused yeah. there in Atlanta. Yeah, many book distributors had converged there to to meet him on his travels, coming from Central America. So, so tonight we come to the again the seventh verse of uh, Satyavrata Muni's Damodarastakam, and again uh, this Damodarastakam has been highlighted by. Sanatana Goswami Prabhupada, he uh, showcased it by way of uh, placing it within a chapter of his book Hari Bhakti Vilas, a chapter on the uh, Kartik Mahatmya, the glories of the month of Kartik, which is also known as the month of Damodar. Forgive me if some of these things you're not familiar with. <laughs> Hopefully we can make some point that would be useful. To you, helpful. Um, but uh, the month of Damodar is the is the month of Kartik, and Kartik refers to Radha, and Damodar also is, as we know, a name of Krishna that refers to him in terms of him being bound by bhakti. Hmm? Radha is bhakti devi, so it is uh, her nature to let Krishna take the lead, but. If you look between the lines or underneath, uh, uh, a little closer, we see that he's actually following her. So his month, Margashirsha, as he mentions in the Gita, is the following month. Hmm? First Radha, and then Krishna, Radha, Krishna. Of course, we have one set of deities that Prabhupada installed in Chicago named Kishore, Kishori, in which Krishna's name comes before Radha, Kishore, and Kishori. And he was asked why... It was reversed, and he said, uh, save the best for the last. <laughs> so that in spite of the apparent reversal, <laughs> the truth remains the same. Radha is the follower of Krishna. It means that God, if you will, in, in his uh, um, most um, accessible, if you will, form and, uh, and lovable manifestation as far as the world's religions have described, um, is himself conquered by love, by bhakti. And that's what this uh, prayer of eight stanzas is about, and we recite it annually during this month, and um, I should say every evening or every day this month for the most part. And so we have been going through the, uh, the ostacum, and here we come to the second, to the last, the seventh stanza. Last night we, we heard how the the Rishi, uh, the sage, who penned this uh, this prayer, it's not really, uh, I should say, merely a a, a, a literary 
exercise, but we find that he is deeply immersed in prayer and uh, meditation, and uh, and so he's getting experiences, and in the context of the experiences, he's, he's writing, um, responding to those. And um, last night we heard how he desired to have the the darshan or the the vision, the beatific vision of Krishna externally, if you will, face to face, rather than within the meditative uh, mind and heart, which he prayed for in the previous verse. That is called Antar Darshan. And how, despite of having the vision of Krishna, in this case, tied up by the love of his mother, if you will, um, by the ribbon in her hair, hmm? we've told the story, well, there's more to it, we'll come out tonight. Um, having that vision in his heart, he was still not satisfied. And so he resorted to, in last night's stanza, the sixth stanza, to Kirtan. Namo Deva, Damodar, Ananta, Vishnu, Prasida, Prabhu, Dukkha, Jalad, Bhimagdam, and so forth. So he invoked, uh, uh, he engaged in Nam Kirtan. And um, the primary name, Nam, that he invoked was the name of Damodar, which describes Krishna, again, bound by love. So it's a, it's a description <coughs> of intimate love of God rather than majestic love of God. You know, the Greeks have that have the idea and it's been passed on through Christianity as well and the Abrahamic religions of reverential love of God. I believe they refer to it as agape as opposed to eros, which is the material love. But here we find a transcendental um, eroticism that's obviously devoid of you know, the problems with mundane eroticism, which basically are that all of us, materially speaking, identified as we are with the mind-body complex, feel that we have some needs because that mind-body complex is something that doesn't endure. And if we don't meet its needs, it won't endure. And so we feel obliged to, uh, to, uh, to work, if you will, and to uh, acquire and so forth and so on. So in the context of that, we acquire things and we also uh, try to acquire fulfillment on an emotional level. So we seek partners, for example, offspring and so on and so forth, and, and uh, such so fraternal, romantic, parental love, um, materially speaking, is beautiful but problematic nonetheless because people are here today and gone tomorrow. <laughs> and so we, 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 uh, and, and we, we establish a relationship with them based on the, the needs that we have uh, per, uh, perceived needs as a result of identifying with the body-mind complex. So uh, as much as we have identified with that, it's in, it's not possible for us to be fully a giver because we feel that we are in need, so we have to take to some extent. And even psychologically and whatever, marital counseling and whatnot, or relationship counseling, we're told you know, to try to get yourself more full uh, uh, psychologically and complete without rather than thinking that you're, you're going to have to get somebody to complete yourself um, and set yourself up for the kind of disappointment that that, um, that results in. So oh, we're not speaking about something here that, 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 that people aren't aware of, only we're just taking it to another level by way of saying that the love that we seek so much that um, we're pretty much unwilling to give up the pursuit of, even when we when it's explained very perfectly, very very. Um, um, well, I should say that it's problematic, hmm? that it's kind of a, a recipe for frustration. We, we think, well, whatever. <laughs> I'd rather have some imperfect love than, than no love at all. So, <clears throat> in a sense, we have justification for um, dismissing the Vedanta, kind of the science of what's really going on here. You know, it's just hormones and or, or whatever. And, it's just the body-mind complex, and you are something else. You are a soul. You are an atma. You're full in yourself, and and so forth. But um, in all of that um, explanation, as compelling as it can be, if that explanation of the self does not include the possibility of the self finding love that's not problematic, hmm, then we're somewhat, as I say, justified in saying, well, maybe, yes, but... Anyway, maybe true, but rather love imperfectly than than just be. Hmm? I could be perfectly, but if I can't love 
in that context, then I would rather love him perfectly. But here comes bhakti then to take us full circle and give us, bring us in touch with the, with the center, hmm? with the Godhead and the form of the Godhead who has the capacity to reciprocate in all types of love. And that means not just um, reverential love, but love like with the intensity that you would love a son or a daughter, um, with the intensity that you would love a friend or um, in, in romantic love. That's pretty in, intense. It's intense enough to cause us to miss church sometimes on Sunday. Hmm. Um, so if that kind of intensity could be focused on the God, what form of God would that be? That would be a peculiar or interesting or different uh, form of God than, than the one with no face or the one whose name you can't, you can't chant because it's too holy um, or any kind of more vague, if you will, concept, any explanation of God that, that, that explains him only uh, in relation to this world. Hmm? as an overseer of, of this world, um, someone with whom we can have at best a you know, distant uh, um, uh, perfect but distant relationship. So this uh, is the idea of uh, what uh, we find in the religious traditions when we come to the term Krishna. It's talking about a, the possibility of, of, of loving uh, our center intimately. And this takes out then the problems of um, that we find in, in in parental love and and in friendly love and um, and the problems in erotic love, especially the in erotic love where it becomes extreme and and um, and uh, and lust, for example, can be very um, unbecoming. Hmm? There's great potential for that type of love to be unbecoming in compared to say parental love or or friendly love and so forth. All that problem is taken out hmm? when the love is is properly centered. Hmm? That means we are not the center. So this is where we're at here. This is what the, what the Rishi who wrote this song is, is, is about. He's interested in the intimate um, love of God and he has uh, prayed in the prayer to have the vision of Krishna bound by Yashoda, by the ribbon in her hair, due to his mischief and so forth, appear in his heart, and he and he gets the vision. Hmm? Um, this is a, a welcome. Please come in. Meditative vision, but still he's not satisfied. Hmm? Yeah, he wants to see him face to face. It's a peculiar uh, aspiration, in a sense. But um, as he desires that, he also proceeds along a path. That actually um, affords that as as the goal, and that is the path of Nam Kirtan, hmm? meditation properly understood or or really to be effective, I should say, has to be surrounded on both sides by by Kirtan. It has to be preceded by Kirtan, which has the power to bring about a meditative state that um, that exceeds the power of the mind alone unto itself to get rid of other thoughts and and focus only on in, in such a way as to become absorbed. There are mechanical processes for this. Yoga, asana, and uh, pranayama, pratyahara, dharana, dhyana, to reach dhyana, for example, in samadhi and so forth. But Bhagavatam is very clear that the, this is a very precise method, for example, yoga, but it's not as complete hmm? uh, and perfect and there are many examples in the Bhagavatam, therefore, of yogis who were absorbed in samadhi, but they broke. Subhari Muni was in samadhi in dhyana underwater for thousands of years, and he saw two two fish kissing and he fell from his trance. <laughs> it's a long story. But there are many, many such stories like this uh, to, to just emphasize um, this point of the, 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 the means to control the mind. Hmm? By use of the mind unto itself, even if the mind is used in relation to thinking about Krishna, for example, thinking about his leelas, thinking about his qualities, we should do these things. But unto itself, the mind is uh, is in, in that pursuit, smarnam, 
is is incapable of reaching the stage of absorption hmm, um, in Krishna consciousness that constitutes dhyan meditation, where where the mind stops functioning, if you will, in relation to sense objects, is fully absorbed in the um, in the form, for example, of the Godhead. That can be. This is what we learned last night. This this can be affected by kirtan, which effectively cleanses the heart. Hmm? It takes uh, the problematic elements, if you will, rittis, um, sangskars, out of the chitta, out of the mind, out of the subtle body. Hmm? Kind of clear it, cheto darpana marjan, clearing the slate, so to speak. Uh, cleansing the mirror of the mind. And now if you take that clear mind, the chitta, the reflective organ by which we perceive and so forth, and put it on Krishna when it's clean, then it will reflect only the image of Krishna. And so, Nam is the Nam Kirtan is very effective for making, uh, for doing the kind of work, preliminary work, that is that is required in order to meditate. Now, let's look, for example, at the Gita to emphasize this point again. If you want to sit and meditate, Krishna more or less discourages you in the Bhagavad Gita in the first six chapters. He says, he says, Mityacharasuruchate. Now many people do this, Mityacharasuruchate, but they're just imitating. Hmm? To sit and control the mind and enter contemplative life requires some purification of the heart because what makes us move is the condition of our heart. And that I mean by that I mean we have desires. So we have desires so we can't really sit still. If you had no desires and you were fulfilled, then why move? Hmm? But you know we've got things to do, places to go. Uh, you know, it, these are desires, and these desires are tied to our sense of identity and so forth. And so we're trying to shift that focus to a new identity that I am an atma and so forth. But hmm, it's difficult to do. And so he says, rather than try to sit and be an imitator and then hypocritical and a bad example, he recommends the course of nishkam karma. Keep doing things that you do, but take the, take the fruits or the desire to enjoy the results of them and forego that. Don't be attached to the results. You're, you're, you have a certain motion based on your psychophysiological makeup propensities to move and act and relate in the world and so forth. So just keep going with that. But don't do it in pursuit of acquiring happiness and avoiding distress, which is like waves, if you will, on the, uh, on the ocean that we ride emotionally. We got something great. We lost it. So as good as it gets is as bad as it gets. For every you know, Super Bowl winner... There's a Super Bowl loser on the other side. <laughs> and there's the, the Bhagavad Gita right there. You know, you can just look at it and go, Bhagavad Gita, chapter such and such, verse such. There it is. And we need to learn to read the world like this or let the world begin to speak to us like this. We don't have to run away from it. The lessons are there. The Gita is not talking about something that's not right before our eyes, if you will. Hmm? So we can be a full participant, if you will, in the world, but not be of the world. This is yoga, the art of yoga. So, so Krishna advocates that keep, you have a certain, like, wind behind you of your, that, that your karmic, biological and physiological kind of propensity. So keep going with that. But do that, do the things because they should be done. You know, take care of your family, love your, your children, um, Pay your taxes, whatever the social system you're in, which is changing these days. But, <laughs> but uh, uh, don't be attached to the results. Hmm? The results will come, and happiness will come, and some distress will come, and and so you try to c- come to some equi equi balance in the context of um, keeping in motion, and this results in the ingress of some mystic wisdom about the nature of the self. And then, gradually, as that grows, then one is capable of perhaps sitting down, not working, because you don't need anything. 
hmm? meditating, and then you become attractive. He's sitting over there under the tree. He doesn't move. Let's give him some money. Let's let's make money <laughs> and bring other people there and sell tickets. And you know, what is, so uh, <laughs> it, so it goes like this. It goes from tiag to bog to tiag to bog. But anyway, so Krishna is given a, a kind of a easy, gradual way. He wants to say to sit and control the mind. This is very difficult. Now, this is the transition from karma to karma yoga, and from karma yoga to jnana and dhyana, hmm? to knowledge of the self and, and, and meditation, the contemplative life. Of course, he ends that section by advocating bhakti. And then he goes into bhakti in the 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th chapter in great detail. And, and there he emphasizes that really what the book is about is about bhakti, which is, a, which as manifest in my devotees, is characterized primarily by satatam kirtayantomam, chanting about me, kirtan. And me means my name. Hmm? So nam kirtan, this is the way they're, they're, they're primarily characterized my devotees and um, and they're they're moving now but they're moving in relation to me and and their yoga is to sing my name for example and other other related activities and this has great power to to um, cleanse the heart hmm? more power than than karma yoga has hmm? and, uh, and of course we get this insight and faith in the efficacy of this practice of bhakti through sadhu sangha through association with with uh, with with saintly persons that's a very powerful experience so we get courage and we are encouraged there by the example and uh, the knowledge and wisdom that's shared and so on and so forth and so we proceed embark upon the path of of bhakti and it is very very powerful as i say for cleansing the heart it's powerful because it can go into the heart where jnana cannot go. Jnana means knowledge of the atma, of the self. Jnana can only go in a pure heart. Bhakti can go into an impure heart. So, Bhakti can give jnana, but jnana cannot give bhakti. Hmm? Bhakti can give mukti, Gyan cannot give bhakti. Anyway, it's, uh, so the power I want to say of gyan. There's a there, and what I'm saying by gyan is there's a there's a there's a culture a, a, a yoga of gyan, which is a contemplative form of yoga, hmm? and it's a somewhat effort based, using our intellect and meditative abilities, if you will, yoga sensibilities. Same thing with yoga sadhana. Again, there's slightly different paths, but there's somewhat effort-based from our side. To give a comparison or contrast, bhakti includes some effort. Yashoda here in the Leela of the Dhammarali, she made an effort to bind Krishna hmm, for fear that he might run away. And the effort was such that it, that it, that it attracted the grace of Krishna. And the two together, effort and grace, made it possible for her to capture Krishna and bind him up, tie him around the stomach to a grinding mortar. Um, I mean, how... <laughs> and the yogi's trying to, like, just get him on the mind. Just focus the mind and just make it still and see the difference. What, what, is, what is her experience? I mean, it's, it's incredible. This is the power of, 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 of bhakti, comparatively. Hmm? Um, uh, as a practice in terms of the extent to which it, it actually does control the mind and does capture Krishna, if you will. But the, the point here is that it's, in one sense, is that it's effort, the effort of bhakti is an effort to get grace. Make, make, use your head to, to soften your heart. Hmm? An effort to get grace is a very different kind of effort. It's kind of like an effortless effort. I'm making an, an effort to take advantage of a strength that lies beyond my own. I not I know from the start my own power is limited. However austere I may be, however I may adjust my living situation 
my breathing, my my environment, my diet, um, my 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 association, and so on and so forth. Hmm? Um, my own. This is so. This is the this is this is the posture. This is the asana of bhakti. Hadibho, help! Something like that. Hmm? It's like I give up. Hmm? There's power in that. There's power, great power, in understanding your weakness. If you don't fully understand your weakness, then you're pretty weak still. Hmm? The more that you understand your weakness, then the, the, the more you are in the power to remedy the situation. And we are weak. We are just a tiny, infinitesimal spark in the cosmos of millions of galaxies and universes and 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 the source of that all, all the all that wonder that you look out at the night stars and and just wonder about. Hmm? You gonna tie him up? <laughs> this is like very you need a very powerful process for that. So it, it has to come from, 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 from above, so to speak. He has to give the power. He has the power. We know that. The stars are like, you know, rolled out like a bed, you know, like a sleeping bag by him. There it is, you know. So, so what, if his power hmm, is extraordinary, and if we can come under that power, that Shakti, we can do something extraordinary. And this is the most extraordinary thing. An example of it here, this is one example, in this particular Leela or divine play, is Krishna's being tied up. Hmm? He's being tied up, and he didn't particularly want to be tied up because he got things to do. He's got friends to play with, and so forth, and, and he didn't want to be tied up. But, but the effort of his mother, hmm, out of love and affection, that he might run away to keep him there, hmm, caused him to, to give the grace and be be bound. And so this, the, the author here, Satyabhati Muni, he 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 he's, he's just. His well, his mind is blown by this all. This you know, he's really thinking, deeply contemplating this reality, and he is just overwhelmed. And now he's had the, the vision appear in his heart. He doesn't want it to go away. And even while he's experiencing it, he thinks, "I want more than this. I don't want him just in my heart. I want to like have him right in front of me." It's kind of audacious, if you will, to to think. But but he, he then proceeds to invoke the names of God, Nam Kirtan. Hmm? This is the most powerful form of Kirtan. We heard a little bit about this last night, about the power of Kirtan, and Nam Kirtan in particular. It's in the context of explaining that Bhakti has the power to remove our Prabhda Karma. Prabhda Karma means the karma that's already manifest. It's like they say there's no cure for the common cold. You gotta wait six days or a week, you know. And you can take this and that to alleviate the symptoms, but once it's happened, you can't stop it. Something like that. That's you know, the, the folklore or whatever, uh, pseudoscience or truth. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't found a cure yet. So, uh, <laughs> so, so. The karma, parabdha karma, means you've already got a cold, for example. It's already manifest. The reactions from what you've done in the past have already uh, borne fruit. The seeds you've sown have now uh, grown and produced the fruits, and there's no turning back. Hmm? And so in most of the uh, Eastern spiritual traditions, um, where this idea of karma is, is, is in place, the thought is that the karma has to, parabdha karma, the manifest karma, there's karma that's due that, that, that has not yet manifest. Hmm? Now that could be done away with, just like if we were proactive with uh, natural, you know, cures to, for example, improve your, um, boost your immune system and so forth, then uh, there might be diseases that, that you would have contacted, but you won't contact them. So there is karma that has not yet um, matured. Hmm? It's in different stages. So, so that can be eradicated by other spiritual practices that basically are in, invoking and um, uh, doing away with ignorance, the ignorance of attachment, invoking knowledge, uprooting the avidya, the ignorance that's the source of all the problems we have and so forth. 
But the parabdha karma, the manifest karma, can't be dealt with. But bhakti, the Bhagavatam says, has the power to eradicate the parabdha karma. That's very extraordinary. Now, in the context of saying this, what does uh, Devahuti explain uh, in praise of Kapila? Within the context of bhakti, what is emphasized with regard to this power to remove the prabhda karma is nam to kirtan of the name of Krishna. This practice within bhakti this anga, this limb of the body, the angi of bhakti, kirtan, and nam kirtan, it says gariyan, one who is a swapacha, a person of bad uh, culture and uh, um, and so forth, let's say, leave it at that, um, uh, by, if the, if, the, if the nam kirtan comes on his or her tongue, he or she becomes gariyan. Gariyan means worshipable. The worshipable or venerable person, really, in this world, is the teacher of spiritual knowledge. It means that person who has the name on the tongue is 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 qualified to 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 give the mantra of the name to be the guru. Hmm? So it means you can't have be surrounded by prabhu karma and, <laughs> and, and and do that. And he, of course, wants to invoke the name to overcome the prabhu karma and spiritualize his body, his sadhaka day, his practitioner's body, even see Krishna in that and get a spiritual body, a siddhadeya, also siddharupena chatrahi, to do service in that body as well, wherein the devotees in lila Lila Seva are seeing Krishna face to face. They are not sitting and meditating on him. So, this may be the ideal in Tapalok of Pipalayana Muni, who was preaching to Gopakumar, Kumar, but he wasn't staying there, as we heard last night. He went on, and the Vishnu Dutas told him, "Oh, very nice. You have a good samskar. You must have had a good guru to get a samskar for having a desire for this sakshad darshan, the direct vision of God. Hmm? That's what we're about." The whole Vaikuntas and beyond. And of course, in intimacy in Golok, and so here we are. He invoked the names. He invoked Ananta Vishnu. He even took the, prim- the secondary names and turned them into primary names by centering them on the name of, of, uh, of Damodar, a primary name, a name that describes Krishna in relation to his, his, um, his Shakti in the context of Leela. So, idea here again is that meditation, to be um, fruitful, to be possible, dhyan, smarnam is one thing. There are stages in smarnam. So we can think about Krishna, think about his lilas, but actually to do dhyan, to get to that stage, kirtan is required. Hmm? And the perfection of the, of the dhyan is that kirtan comes out of it. So it's surrounded on both sides by kirtan. In fact, the kirtan of Nam becomes one with the Smaranam. And this then takes one to the to the um, to the Nitilila. We find this is the the final thrust, if you will, of Gopakumar and Brigat Bhagavatamrita. Hmm? Hmm. So now he comes and and the, the Leela is unfolding in his heart. So there's there's more to the Leela. Krishna's been Krishna was mischievous, um Stealing butter and milk from the neighbors as a child, neighbors complained. Mother told father, Nanda Maharaj, "Look, you're the head of the cows, people here, and you know your cow's milk is not sweet enough to keep your son at home. So, what kind of cow herder are you?" So he selected special cows from the herd, grazed them on special grasses, and that milk was then boiling on the stove on the day where preparations for the Govardhan Leela were taking place. And so Mother Yasoda, who normally would have many assistants, being the queen of the cowherd community, was alone at home with her child, no nursemaids to help her or anything like that. Everyone was involved in preparing for the yagya for Indra. This is years before the actual Govardhan Leela, which Krishna protests this uh, worship of, 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 of the rain god. 
if you will. <laughs> he protests that. And, of course, we know why now from this Leela, because while his mother was home alone, the milk was boiling on the stove, and she was nursing him, and she had to decide, shall I let the milk boil over because he's uh, nursing, or shall I put him down and go tend to the milk? So she thought, the milk has been prepared for him, that's dear to him, I'll serve what's dear to him, to Seva. She tended to the milk, he protested, and drew a tantrum, was basically the idea. Broke the butter pot, started distributing butter and yogurt to the monkeys, and and um, so she came and found him in this condition, and then she she thought, I'll scare him. She pulled a stick, and then he ran away, and she said, oh my God, now he's running away. So she ran after him to catch him, and afraid that he would never come home again. She finally caught him from behind, hmm? it's the power of her devotion. Hmm? Yogis try to approach him face to face, and she caught him from behind as he's running away. And then she pulled a ribbon from her hair and tried to tie him to the mortar. And we know it was two inches too short, so she got more, more rope was thrown to her, more rope she put on it, still each time it was two inches too short. Two inches too short. And Krishna was not getting any fatter. So what was being shown is that the form of God is all pervasive. Hmm? It's all pervasive. God, the reality is a person, and it just, it's just not us. Uh, we're like a cell in his, his, his body. Hmm? Something like that. This is a good way to think about it, because we kind of now change our center, if you will, as a, as a contingent, dependent entity rather than the Lord of all that we survey and so forth, and the ugliness that, that, you know, that, that proceeds from that hmm? as we act in, in, in accordance with that, uh, that uh, skewed vision. So, um, so he's all pervasive, and, and again, now he's appearing locally at the same time. This is the power of bhakti, because he who is everywhere can't move because he's already everywhere. And here, that same Brahman, that same substance, absolute, is moving and moving under the power and the force of bhakti. So again, the power of bhakti, which is the whole emphasis and the whole prayer, the whole month and so forth, right? And so she uh, she, she she ties him up and, um, and then she goes into the house and leaves him there with some of his young friends and just makes a sigh and think, what have I done? Hmm? What's happened here? So clean up a little bit and I've tied him up out there she's with the sons. And, and so he's the, the Muni here, the Rishi, who composed the Dhammadrastakam, he says, hmm? this is, this, The plot thickens now. It's already pretty thick here. But the, now the plot thickens. Hmm? Another way uh, extent to which bhakti is part of this whole affair, hmm? and um, what happens, of course, and what he's what, he, what he's referring to when he says, hmm? What happened is, Krishna, he's got a few friends there, and he says, untie me, and so they. A little competition with one another who will untie him, and Sridham wins the competition and says, You know, I'm stronger than anybody here. I'll untie him. And so he tries to untie the the ribbon, but he can't untie it. Hmm? And they're amused by it, and Krishna's frustrated by it at, at the same time. Hmm? And so some commotion among the lads, if you will, and Baladev comes on the scene, Krishna's older brother, and he says, What's, Who tied him up? He's quite upset, and then Subal says, "Here's your mother, your mother." And then he's then Balaram becomes silent. <laughs> he's confused now. What what to do exactly? He has some Vatsalya bhav in him, along with his Sakya friendship. There's a mixture of Vatsalya because he's the older brother, so he's like, "Look look out for Krishna." Hmm? Mother Yasoda always tells him, "Watch out for him, protect him, take care of him." Hmm? Make sure he behaves. He's the Mariyata Purusha, the person who's like sees to that Krishna's behaving properly, mm-hmm. outside of the purview of his of his parents, 
which is considerable as he grows. You know, kids have to go out and meet their friends and do what they do and so forth. So Balaram is is is, is constantly um, 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 told by his mother, "You watch out for him." And so so here now he's watching out for him, and mother so does the problem. <laughs> She tied him up, so he's a little like, what do we do here now? Uh, so the Vatsalya sensibilities have to be uh, honored, and the friendly sensibilities to untie him have to be honored. So Balaram just becomes more or less suspended by the, these two these two bhavas at the same time. He can't do anything about it. And so, so Krishna, in the midst of all this madhurya, this, this sweetness where God is acting like an ordinary human amongst friends and uh, and so forth his his omniscience starts to surface there's two sides to krishna he knows everything and he doesn't know that he knows everything hmm? if he knows everything all the time and acts like that you can't get close to him right so the power of the love of vrindavan makes him forget his all-knowingness but there's something about that that can be done to tap into his suppressed omniscience. Hmm? It can bring his omniscience to the surface. What is that? What kind of powerful thing is that? Hmm? In other words, Krishna's absorbed as the son of Yasoda. He's got his young friends. He's tied up. He's thinking, I'm tied up. I need to get released here. The Rishi who wrote the poem is saying, uh, I want to get bhakti from you. And Krishna's looking at him like, well, how can I give you bhakti? I'm tied up, for God's sake. Hmm? So he, he's going to address that. But but uh, 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 in this play, if you will, Krishna is playing so hard that if you really play, as I say, uh, as I said before, in a drama, then you really take on the part of the person you're playing and you forget that you have another identity. Right, you start to take on the psychosomatic symptoms of the of the person whose whose role you're playing, and so so Krishna is really absorbed in this play. Indeed, he is more the son of Yashoda, etc., than he is the Godhead. That is the more to the Godhead. Krishna is the more, if you will. This there's more to all knowing, as I've said before. All knowing can be a problem because it could be all boring. Hmm? You know everything. What are you going to do now? Hmm? So when you're bored, then you you play. You make up something to do where you don't know what will happen. So this is the leela, hmm? and he's absorbed in this. But now his omniscience, which is buried by the power of this love, starts to come to the surface. So what is the thing that will cause that omniscience to surface in the midst of this? What can revive him, if you will, to his his his, his godhood? Hmm? This also the power of bhakti. And so, hmm. what happens is Krishna starts to move towards the trees, these two twin Arjun trees, which are very big trees. They have one root, but they, if it, like you ever see, like in California, in, uh, near our ashram, in our ashram, there are trees that redwoods, they kind of grow together. They're two, but they're one. And so these Arjun trees were like this, with just enough room for Krishna to go in between them. And he's tied to this mortar, for grinding, and so the mortar becomes wedged between the two trees, and this is an attempt to uh, ostensibly to break free from the ribbon that he's tied by that could not be untied. And so his friends are pushing, hmm, you know, they're pushing on the mortar this way, pushing on him that way, trying to make it happen, right, to break the uh, the ribbon. And all of a sudden, what, instead of the ribbon breaking, the trees, they crash. Now the boys are in front and they're behind, so the trees don't go this way or that way, they go this way. They split to the side. Everybody's safe, but there's a crash that rumbles throughout the whole village, like lightning, you know, struck. Sometimes in Madhuvan, you know, the lightning strikes really close. It's just like you'd think a nuclear bomb went off or something right next to you. House shakes and so forth in, in our ashram in Costa Rica. So, something like that. Everybody, the whole of the Braj, everybody's attention. What's happening? And of course, it's all right. At, and go, go cool at this time at Nanda Marsh's house so that 
Hanumar is heading over there and all the elders are coming and so forth. Now, this is a powerful display of majesty and power that Krishna could break down two trees. Hmm? And then what happened is, seen only by these young boys, two fiery beings came out of the trees and started offering prayers to Krishna. And they were watching this whole thing and and uh, and so <laughs> so the, uh, uh, Krishna listens to them and they they make a request and so forth. They make a request. Now we're seeing you by the grace of Narada. So of course, that's, as I say, the plot thickens. There's another story behind all of this. What is it that? Why is there's there's so many reasons that Krishna's doing what he's doing at the same time, and it's all in relation to devotees in different stages at different. In different places and so on and so forth. So, the story is that there's that there were two sons of Kuver, the treasurer of the gods, and uh, Nalukuvar and Managriva. So Nalukuvar's uh, Kuver, Atmajo means the Atmajo. Those those born from Kuver, the sons of Kuver, they were intoxicated by the wealth. Uh, if you imagine their 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 father is a, is you know he's richer than. Donald Trump, if he was if he was honest about his earnings, you know, even he was the tre- father was the treasurer of the of the demigods, so they had everything, hmm? and so they became intoxicated by their wealth. And in the context of being intoxicated by their wealth, they further intoxicated themselves by drinking and and as it was womanizing. And Narada, the sage, saintly person, came on the scene, a great devotee of Krishna, and. They should have respected him, but due to their um, <coughs> intoxication and so forth, they 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 disregarded him. Hmm? And so he thought these people have these young fellows. They have a good fa- good enough father. He's a devotee of Krishna, actually, Kuver. But they 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 have um, never worked a day in their life and. <laughs> And they're intoxicated by their wealth, and they, they really need to be um, uh, taught a lesson. So he said, the way in which you're acting is that you're you're uh, standing up and blind to um, presence of a saintly person and so forth. So you, you're, you, rather than being human beings, you should be trees that just stand there and are pretty much unconscious, hmm? naked. They were naked. They never covered themselves. Or anything. Oh, some guy here, yeah, what are you doing here? And he was a saint. They should have been embarrassed and so forth. So he said, trees, they stand naked and they're unconscious. So you're unconscious and you're naked. You, you should really be trees. And he cursed them to, become, to take birth as trees. Hmm? There's a system for reward and punishment in the world. Just look around. People are in different, living beings are in different conditions. So there's there, there are um, there there are reactions for for our actions and so forth. So this is a special thing because the sage is intervening really with their karma and he was cursing them, but his curse was just at the same time a blessing. So sometimes we you know we have the idea of tough love, right? So you have to be you know strong with uh, with whomever and and uh, that's good for them. So. This is an instance of that. So, because in the context of cursing them to be born as trees, he said, and he 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 wished for them to be born in Gokul as trees, hmm? and so he by that enabled them to take birth as trees in Gokul, which is the place where Krishna's pastimes would be performed, and to be, although as trees, conscious of the environment there. So now they were in Gokul as trees growing and seeing the leela unfold. And so they were just overwhelmed year after year after year at, with the, the mercy of Narada from where he had taken them. Hmm? How in the context of chastising them, he had blessed them and still they were, they were trees. You know? They could not express their, their devotion. So it was, there was a sprout of bhakti. Hmm? In their heart, for Rati, for Bhav, hmm, of the Braj kind, because of Nard's 
blessing. Hmm? And and so again, this point by Sadhu Sangha, they got bhakti, hmm? and and he wished for them, you know, be in the braj. There they could get further association of all the ragatmikas, all the associates of Krishna, and so forth. So they were blossoming within the tree you know, body in terms of dasibhav in braj. Hmm? Hmm? Beautiful idea. And with the and so what happened? Is it, what is it then that brought Krishna's omniscience out? It is the two things. It's the wish of Narada now had to t- had to be fulfilled. So whatever the de- his devotees want, ultimately, somehow or other, he, you know, in due course, he 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 makes it happen. Hmm? And secondly, now the desire of the of the of the two sons of Kuber, they're cultivating this within the tree bodies. They're they're just longing. Hmm? To attain the kind of bhakti that Narada has given him the opportunity to, to get by by association with the Brajabhasis. Hmm? And so this, their longing, hmm? and Narada's wishes, wishes of the Guru, the longing of the disciple, hmm? this can bring Krishna's omniscience out, even when he's lost in the arms of Radha, wrestled to the ground by Sridam, he can hear the prayers, that means, of his Raganuga sadhakas. Vishwana hmm? Thakur makes an argument like this when he says, who should the Raganuga sadhaka, the practitioner who wants this ideal, pray to when Krishna himself isn't even aware of his own godhood, lost in love for his devotees? He suggests, well, I guess he should pray to the Paramatma manifestation of God in the heart. And then he says, anybody who thinks that, they're not a Raghunuga Sadaka. They cannot be sat- satisfied with that. Krishna, I want Krishna. I will play to the Paramatma. I I just pay my obeisances to the Paramatma and say, can you help me find Krishna? Where were you? you know. So so he, he answers his own question. And he says that while Krishna is omniscient, he gives an example in Dwaraka, the omniscience of Krishna is more prominent than his bewilderment. There he's known to be God, member of the Yadu dynasty, known to be God. Sometimes he appears forehanded and so forth, for example. And he asks for Uddhava's advice. And Uddhava in one verse in Bhagavatam says, this is just amazing. You know everything. And you ask my advice. This is incredible. Where am I? And they're like, here it is. This is my advice. You do this. So, Chakravarti Thakur reasons that the omniscience of Krishna and his being overwhelmed by devotion, which suppresses the omniscience, the equation for that in Dwarka is that the omniscience is more prominent. Hmm? But the equation reverses in Vrindavan. Hmm? So the omniscience is more, much more suppressed and the bewilderment, if you will, in love hmm, is more prominent. But that omniscience is there and it can be tapped into by the sincere prayers, the longing, even for prayers for submission in sadhana, then for longing in bhava in particular, hmm? and a little bit of both on each side as well. This can capture his attention. So this is an instance of that because he's uh, steeped in the madhuri of being the son of Madhusoda and tied up and having the get untied and the boys can't untie the knot and he's God. I mean, you, you, know, you just do away with it, but he can't, right? In the context of the, of the leela and the love. And, but now Narada's curse and the longing of the trees has reached a point of maturation. Now it's all coming together and it's time. And so he, what does he do? He, cre- he does a miraculous thing. What is the miraculous thing that he does that happens, that occurs? Well, in one sense, he breaks down the two trees, Right? That's, and then these gods, godly figures come out, they pray to him, they ask, please bless us, that our ears will only hear about you, with our lips we will only sing about you, with our legs we will only walk about to serve you. So as they're speaking like this, the verse in Bhagavatam, they're speaking about the Siddhadeha, the Dasya, the Bhava, the Sarupa that they're, they're envisioning, that they're kind of uh, creating in the, in, in the context of meditative influence, of Krishna's Sarup Shakti, Bhakti, within. Hmm? 
and 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 so Krishna gives him his blessing. What happened to them? Well, we'll we'll, we'll tell that too. But but meanwhile, the boys are going, "Wow, look at that! You know, these two guys came out of the trees and they talked to Krishna and they asked the blessing." And Krishna said, "Sure, you can have it." You know, and then they disappeared and and so forth. Meanwhile, here comes Nanda Maharaj and the elders on the scene. What happened? The trees have crashed. Is everybody all right? Hmm? And the boys say, yeah, they fell down. Krishna pulled them down. Oh, yeah, sure. And there were the two guys that came out, you know. Hmm? So, you know, these are wonderful things that are hard to believe. You don't have to believe them. Nanda Marsh didn't believe it. <laughs> Yashoda didn't believe it. You don't have to believe those things. These are not the important things, is the point in the Leela. They're a little important to Sakyarasa because they serve, like in this instance, as an Udipana for Adbuta, a secondary rasa. Or when Krishna fights some demon, and the, the, the demon becomes like an Udipana for Yudavira, a type of heroic, we'll fight him too, Krishna, something like that. So it's a little bit relative <laughs> to them in the Prakat Leela, the manifest Leela where these things happen. But all the other Madhuri Leela, the Dasyas, the Madhuri Rasa, Dasya Rasa, Matsali, they don't believe these things. <laughs> these stories that these boys tell. Krishna did this, Krishna did that. So you don't have to believe them. Well, you might. It depends on your, <laughs> your sentiment. <laughs> so, none of Mars doesn't believe it. Hmm? But then he said, but maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, anything's possible, right? Hmm? Some uncertainty is, is, is really part of the certainty of spiritual life. Hmm? Love is full of certainty and some uncertainty about the unknown, where it will turn next. And that's it, where, what's the next turn? As the world turns. What's the next episode? <laughs> I think that was the original soap opera years ago. So, <laughs> so you can't get off, you know, it's just got, what's, hap- what's happening next? So, so some uncertainty within certainty. And this is an, an important point as an aside because those who say they know, don't know. Hmm? Those who say, I don't know, I can't know, they know something. Hmm? So when you find this real certainty in a religious tradition, whether it be Christian fundamentalist, Gaudiya fundamentalist, Buddhist fundamentalist orientation, they know it all, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, 108, that's it, it's done, finished, you know. They don't know. They don't know. Hmm? Those who say they know the Brahman don't know Brahman. They, those who say, I don't know Brahman, they know something about Brahman, about God. What are the possibilities? So there's a healthy, I want to say, uncertainty. Hmm? As the path goes forward, the, the, the road is no longer curved, it's straight. You know where you're going, but it's not narrow, it's broad. Many possibilities and rules and regulations turn into realizations with further implications, subtleties, and, and, uh, and some, it's, it's not longer black and white, it's gray, but it's okay. Hmm? It's okay, with more possibilities, something like that. Hmm? So, so, none of Marge, anyway, he, he, right, he, 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 so what's the real wonderful thing that happened? Hmm? The rope didn't break. Wait a minute, you know, you pull down these two huge trees, the crashing of which sounded like a bomb went off in your yard, and the ribbon didn't break that he's tied with? Hmm? That's wonderful. Hmm? And that ribbon is what this whole song is about, right? That, that, is, that symbolizes how he's captured and tied by bhakti. He can't get loose. And so Nanda Morris says, Who tied her, uh, him up? Hmm? And mom side him up. Really? So Nana Maharaj then, now he can untie. He's in Vatsalibhav, parental love. He unties the knot and he puts Krishna on his lap, which he seldom gets to do because he always goes and sits on his mother's lap. Hmm? So Nana Maharaj is relishing the Vatsalibhava. Hmm? And he says, so you want to see your mother? No! <laughs> But it's time, you know, you, how long have you been tied? It's how long it's been going on. And everybody goes, it's gone for a long time. You know. It's time to eat. <laughs> and so he says, well, it's time, you know, you, know, you want to go and nurse from your mother? No. So Nanamara's got a special opportunity. He takes Krishna, Balaram, 
Let's go to the cow shed, milk a couple cows here, get a clay cup, get some rock candy, put a little rock candy in there. Here, and he gives the boy straight. He doesn't, you know, he can't give the milk himself, so he goes to the cows and, he, and he, he's he's playing mom, you know, for the for the for the night. He's a substitute mom for the evening. Hmm? And so, and Balaram says, "Don't you want to go see Mother, Mother Yashoda?" No. Meanwhile, she's locked in her room, weeping. What have I done? The whole community, you know, is like. On my case, you know, why did I do that? What's wrong with me? And then Rohini says, you know, I, I think you better see your mother. She might, if you don't go there, she might kill herself. So what then? And Krishna says, oh, and he runs and so the door opens and he reunites with his, with his mother. And so, so, the, the Rishi, Satyabhatmuni, who's written the song, this is also what he says. He says, I saw this, and I saw that you gave bhakti, part of bhakti, to these two people in the, in the tree. And their story, their whole story came in my heart. The whole story, how they were blessed by Narada. And now you, you gave them not liberation, you gave them not freedom from the curse, of Nard alone, but freedom from the whole material world. And you gave them Parabhakti at the same time. He's just thinking, this is just incredible. What, what you're just, you are just the most merciful manifestation of, of the Godhead. And so please, again, this is what I've been asking for. And I've been doing kirtan for this. Give me that kind of bhakti. That I can have a, 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 some service in the leela directly to you, hmm? like those two people in the trees, who, as the story goes, r- related by Shijiba Goswami Prabhupada and Gopal Champu. Hmm? Gopal Champu, there's the, the book is about how the inhabitants of Vrindavan are in the Aprakat leela. They're in they're in Goloka. Hmm? And um, they're having an, an, an assembly in the evening for entertainment and so forth. And word comes around that these two famous fellows who are minstrels that wander throughout the brudge and have a reputation for being omniscient, they know everything about everybody. And then they put it in song. They tell your life in a song. You know that song? Singing my life. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> How's it, what's the name of that song? <laughs> Killing me softly with his song. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So they like, oh, he knows who I am. You know, these guys are incredible. So they are. They they turn out that they're 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 kind of distant relatives, cousins, second, third, something, fourth cousins of Nanda Maharaj. And the word is that they're in the area. So he says, let's bring them into the assembly and let's let's see, let's test their omniscience and see if they can put our lives into song and recite it and tell us. And so so uh, it's a big party, it's a big assembly. And so then they, they, these two bards come in, their names are Snigdakanta and Madhukanta. means like affectionate voice and sweet voice. Hmm? So this is what they do. They sing... And and wander, right? This is what these two gods, guys in the trees, ask for: to sing and walk about the brudge, hmm? and uh, and and recite your glories and so forth. So Nandamar says, "So happy to have you here. We heard of you. Have you special powers? You're not ordinary minstrels. So please, you you tell us, recite, tell us our lives." And then they begin to recite the story of the Prakat Lila, what their lives were like on Earth. And they go through the whole Leela. And in the context of telling the Prakat Leela and the details of it and, sh- and how it is manifest just for the sake of showcasing the different bhavas of, of Vatsalya, of, of Madhurya, of, of, of Sakya. And so sweetly they're telling it. They're also revealing something very special in Gopal Champu about the nature of the Aprakat Leela, which you don't hear much about. Hmm? The unmanifest Leela, the Devaloka, Devalila. So anyway, they're amazing Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda. They're looking at one another and they knew that. They knew how we felt. 
They knew what we were thinking when that happened and so forth. And so they're going through the whole life of the cowherds and they get to this leela, hmm? the breaking of the Arjun trees and so forth. And then the Merce says, well, what happened to those gods that came out of the trees? And Snigdakanta and Madhukanta then just, they just bow their head. Hmm? The idea is that they had become these bards and they knew everything. They had watched over the Leela for so long. They said, and now they, they were living just, just to tell the story. Now their omniscience and their minstrel ship was reaching its, its perfection. Hmm? And there's no better telling of the Leela than you find in Gopal Champu. This is the ultimate masterpiece of Jiva Goswami Prabhupada to take that philosophical Krishna Sandarbha and turn it into, into poetry if you will, and express the whole Leela. So, I mean, the expertise in which he brings out the feelings that govern, that, that drive the whole Leela, the feelings of Vatsalya, the feelings of Madhurya, the feelings of Sakya, hmm? and, 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 and through, the, through, the, through the voices of these two sons of, of Kuvair, blessed by now, what is the blessing? of the saintly person, this we have to consider. Hmm? And so he prays like this, I saw you what, you, what you gave them. I'm like an insignificant person, but audacious as it is, I'm praying for this kind of thing. Hmm? And he says as an aside, as he, 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 he says, prema bhaktim, me So my request is, you please give me that kind of bhakti like you've given them. Namukshe graho mesti damadreya. So as a side, he says, I don't want, Krishna says to him, but don't, don't you want liberation? He says, that, it's not even an issue for me. I've already said that before. I'm not concerned about that. Hmm? On a deeper level, Krishna says, as I mentioned earlier, you want me to give you bhakti, but, but, um, but at least before Nanda Maharaj came, I'm tied up. Hmm? So the last line here, Namokshe Graho Mesti Navanareha, can also be interpreted. Don't think that I won't untie you. I will. Hmm? <laughs> if that's what it takes. I'll untie it and you give me bhakti. That's all I want. Sri Damarastakum ki jai. Sri Satyabhatamuni ki jai. Sanatana Goswami Prabhupada ki jai. Jiva Goswami Prabhupada ki jai. Gauri Vaishnav Guru Parampara ki jai. Or Bhakta Vrinda ki jai. Old Premanandi. Hare Krishna. What's the time? Okay, so very nice to meet with all of you. You're a very uh, kind uh, uh, audience, very attentive, and um, it's it's really an honor honor to be in your in your presence on the suspicious day of my <laughs> incarnation. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget the books. <laughs> so we'll stop here and, and that there's going to be prashadam for everybody. Please stay for prashadam and then tomorrow we'll speak briefly on, on the last verse and ask for questions. Sri Damadarastakam ki jai, Kartik Vrata ki jai, Bhakta Vrinda ki jai, Bhakta Vrinda ki jai,